0: welcome to another episode of rugby fixation Uh, we're back third episode in and this is fresh off the uh biggest defeat the wallabies have ever faced against the all blacks so uh hence the extra time it took us to recover and get over the result and have a bit of a think about you know do we want to record and talk about this straight after or do we need a bit of breathing space uh with me as always is my brother curtis say hello on the other
1: end Hello, how you doing? Horrible mo on your end, but good for a good cause. I'm guessing.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, sure. November started. Got a six day head start. It hasn't helped, but um, hey, that's fine. <laughs> uh, maybe next year. You know, I'll, I'll see how it goes at the end of the month. But I, I'm not holding, holding out hope. Um, twelve month head start. Yeah, I, I'm gonna need it. Hey, look, I, I'm actually excited to talk. We don't have a a lot of time to get through this morning, but I don't think that'll be an issue because you're coming in. Uh, prepared with notes for the first time so far which is a massive boost for our uh, listenership our growing listeners yeah uh, keen to hear what your off-the-cuff ramblings
1: can um, turn into once I've had a bit of thought behind them well when we we're on a tighter time frame I figured I better have some notes and I've only just recently watched the full game I was I was away and I was mid-flight uh, while the game was live so I couldn't didn't get to see it um, I've caught up, I've forced myself to watch it, despite knowing the score and seeing the highlights or low lights, if you're an Australian fan. And uh, very, about an hour ago, finished the, the replay and yeah, plenty to talk about. And uh, I'm sure we'll get through as much as we can.
0: Yeah, well, just on that note, we do have some points we want to get through uh, this pod. So we'll start off with, I guess the first and probably the most obvious point, which is uh, what was the worst aspect of the Wally's performance? Um, and looking into that a little further, does it have more to do with the players or is it
1: Rennie's game plan? Uh, I think I think what I noticed during the game is that we don't have a threat necessarily. We're not a threatening set piece. We had a couple of good scrums where we won penalties in the first half. They, that got turned on us and Tupo got penalised twice or we had two scrum penalties forced on us in the second. so we sort of netted off even there, um, maybe tipped in, in favour of the All Blacks. We don't have a damaging uh, outside-back trio that know how to gel. We don't have super damaging ball runners. Um, and across the park, especially on the weekend, I'd say with the exception of potentially Latoa and Hooper, that I'd pick every individual All Black um, based on their performance in, in this combined Australian-New Zealand team from that weekend. So we didn't really assert any dot any area. Um, and, and one of the things that I've, I've grown frustrated with over the years is that every team can seem to score a mall try on us and we can only do it on the Uruguayans or the, the Fijians in a world cup game. So um, that's something that it, like, we are meant to be a world-class team and we're getting touched up in very basic skills. Uh, like mall defence and 13 handling errors in the game. So, yeah, I, I'd say as a whole, what went wrong was uh, a lack of direction, young halves pairing, lack of combinations, uh, but then also poor individual performances pretty much across the park.
0: Yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on, because you brought up two great points, the mall, I just don't get how, The Brumbies can do it so effectively. And not just against Australian teams. Like, that's a weapon of theirs against New Zealand sides and against South African sides even. But they just can't seem to get it together at the Wallabies level, even when they did have an all-Brumbies starting pack. So that is a real concern and one that I think, um, you know, hopefully Petra's duplicy coming in should be able to help a little bit. You know, that that would be a strength. I know he's primarily scrummaging, but surely he can help with the mauling aspect as well. But, yeah, with threats, I would consider... There'd be maybe three big running threats that we could use um, out there at the moment. Atea, who just didn't get his hands on the ball enough. And when he does, it might not be in the best position. Um, Harry Wilson, who started off great guns in game one uh, and still getting really involved and still has a huge work rate. But the stats for the last match had six runs for three meters. And I did actually see one of his runs, he get pushed back quite easily. And it was a two on one tackle, but then kind mm. of plays where, you know, a Billy Vunapola. Um, yeah, to Lupe like a, a player like that probably gets over the advantage line, even if it isn't a massive run. Um, and then Tonya LaTupo who, you know, started off the bench, which I think is actually the right call cool, given, um, you know, how we should structure the game plan, but the props combined for less than five runs as starting props and bench props, they are our biggest bodies and they're not running the ball. They're not making a lot of, uh, strides. It's a decent scrumaging platform. It's some pretty good tackling, and that's about it. So I'd like to see the bigger bodies running it because Celica Loto is out this week, and we're going to get to the team. Um, So we're going to be relying a lot on Philip and Simmons as our ball runners, which shouldn't strike fear into the opponents. Uh, Swinton is an unproven uh, commodity, but I I don't see him as being, uh, you know, running the ball all over All Black's pack. You know, he might be a bit more abrasive, but he's not going to be barnstorming like, you know, Caleb Clark or Artie Sevilla might be able to do against us. So I am concerned that we don't have the strike, but, you know, with this team, maybe that's why they've made some of the changes after the back line. You you can see that there's a bit of a move for a bit more strike in there. So that actually leads us to the second point. Um, Who are the new changes to the Wallabies and is it a downgrade or upgrade from previous games? So what am I do? I'll just run through some of the changes. And If you just want to let me know whether you think that's, an improvement um whether it's getting slightly worse or whether it's you know a bit indifferent
1: so we should uh in- integrate some voting buttons or something into the yeah. <laughs> to the later pods
0: that's the thing It some of them will change quite drastically some of them um i think are very different players so it's hard to actually get a read for whether it's good or bad because again i still don't think we know Rennie's game plan i think he's tried a few things to see what this team can do but uh, some of them are easy enough to call. The first big one is Salako Loto out injured, uh, being replaced by Rob Simmons. So is that uh, upgrade or downgrade for you?
1: Oh, that's a massive downgrade, both in terms of prospects for the future and player for player swap. Yep. So, yeah, I think I yeah, it's a dead rubber game. We can't we can't win the bladders low. Um, actually, Rob did make one good tackle, made a dominant tackle. Uh, which is good to see. I think he, Sam Kane he knocked back a fair bit, um, but not not a player that we're going to be relying on. He's already halfway overseas. He's We've seen everything he can do in a gold jersey. And there's there's options that we need to force into game time with Philip going. Salakai Loto might be out for a while and Simmons going. So, yeah. yeah.
0: The, the thing is with him, I, I do agree, it's a downgrade all I want from him is to do what he's traditionally been okay. He doesn't need to be a superstar. I'm not expecting him to break tackles. I want him to uh, provide a lot of stability in a scrum, which he does. He is a good scrummaging lock. Uh, win all of his lineouts. He hasn't been great at that off the bench, but if he can do that, if he could steal a lineout, you know, because everyone says, "Oh no, he's
1: he's a lineout caller." He didn't even go up for one on the weekend.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing: the whole selection process is no, no. His stability at the end of the game. What's he done that's so stable? He's made a few tackles. Um, last game, he didn't run, just wiping being on for 35 minutes. Again, probably the second heaviest bloke out there uh, other than Tupac. Like, Simmons is a huge body, just doesn't use it.
1: So mm.
0: that, that is a big concern. Um, moving past him, though, uh, we're losing Ned Haddingen at six to Lockie Swinton. Is that an upgrade or downgrade or about
1: the same? I think... Uh... That, the time will tell with that one. I think Hannigan was quite solid on the weekend. Mm. He, he will be, I think Swinton will be an upgrade in terms of what Rennie wants, which is more grunt and more ball running. Mind you, I don't, in Super Rugby especially, Swinton loved ball running, but he I reckon he'd knock it on twice a game. He's not yeah. the most effective carrier. He's, he's more of a big hitter and he'll put plenty of pressure on. Hadigan made most of his tackles on the weekend. Uh, a couple of cute little offloads and a couple of defenders beaten. Nothing flash. He's not. He's not sort of setting the world alight with how he's playing. But um, yeah, a noteworthy performance among a lot of poor performers on the weekend. Swinton, whether he's earned his crack just yet, I'm not too sure. But uh, all reports are he was he was the standout in the. Rugby Australia development team, whatever they're calling it, against Argentina. So, if so he can bring some gun, grunt against uh, the All Blacks team, like he did against Argentina, that would be great.
0: Yeah. yeah, actually, that's one thing we don't want. We don't want any of our sixes to have a grunt. Just grunt. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I think Hannigan, everyone hates him um, completely unfairly. You know, before Blood is Law 2, everyone was saying, um, you know, running his lost of plot. Hannigan had probably the best performance of any Wallaby that day. Um, you know, he, he did a really, really great job um, in pretty much every facet of play. And still when he was selected again for Blood low, three people were saying, uh, what's this clown doing? What, you know, like, I don't understand the hate. Um, I think at the moment he's probably done the most to deserve that spot. Um, but yeah, Swinton, he just seems pretty low down the list. I would have had Samu ahead of him. I would have had Liam Wright ahead of him. Probably would have had Rob Valentini ahead of him. Um But he's got a good chance to prove us wrong in a game that um, even though the blood is off the line, there's still a lot on the line in terms of selection, as we can see. Definitely. Um, The next big change, uh, Noah Lollosio. He's out of the fly half position and replaced by Rhys Hodge for just his second test start in the 10 jersey. Is that an
1: upgrade, downgrade, or about the same? Uh, Before I watched the game, I thought a horrible call to put Hodge at 10 just finished watching the game. And uh, I think Lesio is a good long-term option, but I don't think you could have much worse of a debut than that. So uh, just a few things that I, I noted in my uh, during the game. Grubber to DHP when we finally got some momentum, went dead in, in the goal line and 22-meter dropout. No, like horrible option when you had the outside you. Um, two bombs with no chases. Two poor defensive reads, missing the final tackle when they scored a try. Horrific conversion attempt, uh, kick not going into touch right yeah. at the end when we're finally getting some momentum. So uh, hard game to play, very always hard to debut at 10 uh, against any team, let alone the All Blacks, and let alone with an inexperienced forward pack and a debutant 12 outside you. So definitely not his fault. I still think he's a very good player. Uh but in terms of picking and sticking a young guy, we don't necessarily know he is the best young guy yet. We've still got Will Harrison there. Um, they've got O'Connor and Tamil, which are obviously ahead in terms of uh, next year and probably the immediate future. So I can understand uh, a slight swap if, if that is the only performance we had to go by in a gold Jersey. Um, and he was playing off the best forward pack in, in super AU when he was performing well. So um, I think he's definitely worthy of another shot, but I can now see why they would look to change it, even though I don't think Hodges a 10. Yeah. I, I, so I, think, I, I think two poor options really at the moment.
0: It, that's the thing. It, it was a knee jerk reaction of everyone saying, uh, Rhys Hodges isn't a 10, hasn't started there in tests, hasn't started there for rebels even all that much. But I think the more people think about it, the more you can understand a logical decision of maybe saving face this weekend. Uh a lot of people still bang for blood, though, because you're right, it's not a long-term fix. Hodges isn't mm. 10, I don't yeah. think. Um, it, he's really fallen into the curse of having versatility and not having a bit of tension, but um, I, I just don't think it's 10. But it, there's a good chance for him to prove this wrong. You know, he mm. can supply a, a pretty safe kicking game. You know, he, he can kick long. Um, doesn't seem to be under pressure too much. He's He always gets told that he's not quick for a wing. I've seen him in, you know, space. He is... Pretty quick. So, maybe if he can use some of that acceleration at fly half, that speeds a little bit better. But you know, he can take it to line. He's a big body. So, I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to call it an upgrade when it's out of percent. Yeah, I, I,
1: I'm going to let's call that one neutral because we, we've only seen the get one crack and he definitely deserves more. Yeah. Uh, and for Hodge, I think his one crack at 10 was against Italy, wasn't it? Or a uh, uh, tier Japan. two team? Yeah, Japan. Japan. So, we haven't really seen, I don't think his playmaking abilities terribly great, but um, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm hoping he goes around. All right. uh, they've swapped Paisami for
0: Simone. Um, now, I, I think the hardest thing to call here is it's a slightly different strategy here, because Simone is more of a playmaking 12 and plays there all season for the winning Brumbies. Uh, Paisami's uh, can still pass and kick. You know, he put through a nice little kick in uh, game one that was actually quite tactically aware, but uh, he hasn't played 12 at all for the Reds. Um, Maybe off the bench a few times, but really he does start as a 13 and he's kind of primarily seen as a 13. So how do you see this call going?
1: Uh, I think given the matchup, Paisami v Laomape, I'm actually quite keen. They're both sort of little juggernauts that are low body, high, very hard ball runners and hard hitters. I think I'm pretty keen to see that and against a team that uh, it's it's not like New Zealand's playing with a second playmaking. 5'8", and I wouldn't necessarily say Geordie Barrett's a playmaking fifteen, probably more of a ball running fifteen. So in in matchup for matchup, it probably makes more sense this week than last week. Um, Simone, again, not not a red hot first crack at a Wallabies jersey, but not much was happening inside him, so really hard to gauge too much. Um, Pai Sumi was quite good off the bench and hasn't really played bad yet in the Wallabies jersey, so uh, I. I'll see how it goes. I can't imagine there'll be too much playmaking. I imagine um, there'll be a a big defence focus by having three bigger bodies in that 10, 12, 13 channel um, and a a bigger defensive body in Swinton at six. So maybe they're trying to keep the game a bit closer.
0: Yeah, definitely adding some size to try and slash up the defence, hopefully. And, you know, ideally, like game one, go into the end of the match, the last 60 minutes, still with a good, um, you know, score. Because I think that's the thing. Uh, Bloods like two and 3 They're just blown out so much before it even got to the pointy end. Um, yeah. There's really nothing they could do to come back. You're not going to score three quick tries against the All Blacks if they've got a full team out there. So, um, yeah, I, I can see why they would want a defensive team out there and maybe a, a, a bigger team just to try and repel some of those um, you know, players from causing the damage. Uh, the last change really that needs – oh, I guess there's two more. Uh, right coming in for Daogunu. And the return of banks, um, I see both of these as a neutral. I'm keen to see what you think because Daugunu is a freaking attack. But we've always said that his just his penchant for giving away penalties and dangerous tackles, lifting tackles, uh, high shots, tackling in air, um, just reckless with penalties. You know, it actually seems to be a bit of a hallmark of the Reds. Is if you can't beat them, um, just infringe against them. You know, try and. Really go uh, to the letter of the law, but he just goes so far over. So I actually think bringing right in, really well-rounded, um, smart footballer, is a good option. And with Banks at the back, I I would have thought this was a chance to keep uh, Hayle petty in there. I'm not sure if he's got an injury, but halo Petty's is more of the playmaking option. So if you don't have um, you know playmaking twelve, you don't have a really great playmaker at ten. I would have thought you want as many players on the field that can you know shift the ball or keep it open. So maybe this is more of the point you're making that Banks at the back means they do want to run. They do want to make sure that they're either putting in big hits, which isn't something Banks is overly renowned for, but putting in big hits or capitalising on the counter-attack, which Banks is definitely quicker than Hayley Petty.
1: Yeah, I think I think Wright is probably fair. He had a, he had a pretty decent super season and who had a, a shocker. Absolute shocker! Yellow card that was horrible. Two offloads to no one. One went into touch. One just went to the floor. Um, the yeah the the attempt to catch the high ball that he then kicked into Moanga's mm-hmm. hands. So yeah, um, a game that he'd hopefully forget. And he did it. He did enough to impress everyone in the first game. So he's he's definitely got the talent. Everyone has seen that. Uh, a shocker for him on the weekend. He's still on the pine. He's not like he's been dropped out of the twenty three, which. Rennie has been quite ruthless in just getting rid of people from the 23. But Pete armor starting first week and never to be seen in the 23 again. So um, I, think, I think he will be a threat off the bench. And I'm keen to see that if we are close, that he will. Uh, I'm sure he will provide some attacking threat at the end. Uh, Banks, DHP, I honestly, I think it's splitting hairs at the moment. I thought DHP was, he looked more threatening when he had the ball in his hand. Yeah. He seemed like he had more time and he wasn't running into people and he seemed to get a bit more of a half break. Um, but there's been no connection between 11, 14 and 15 with any of the combinations that we've had this year.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the issue that I think is DHP at least looks like he wants to take more because he's got the two-hand approach. He's running like he's looking for someone. But I don't know if it's the positioning of the Wallabies. We saw that happen with Alessio defending at fullback that uh, they're out of touch a little bit. You see it a little bit when the All Blacks introduce that kicking game. The wing is never really in the right spot to actually collect the ball. And the Blacks have a good kicking game, but they're just not receiving the ball in a great space. So my concern is um, they're not ever running with support. You know, a lot of other teams, when they get the ball at fullback, uh, they've got a wing or maybe a number eight back there to, you know, assist with a run-up if they're either trying to spread it or crash through. Um, that hasn't happened. I think nearly, I'd say about 95% of the time, when the ball's getting the ball back, Banks or DHPs has had to run it back. Uh, they're not huge bodies. And that is, you know, getting in tackle, maybe we're cleaning it out, but we're just not capitalizing on, you know, all this open space to run in. So that, that's something I'm hoping that maybe if we've got Banks back there, they're looking to inject his pace. Let's just have someone on his inside shoulder so that, you know, if he does get in the tackle, he can make that offload. He can get that ball out. Uh, just yep. the bench quickly, we'll, we'll cover this um, – relatively quickly. I, I like Angus Bell coming in at loose prop reserve. Um, Scott CO, he hasn't, you know, lit the world on fire. He's, he's a solid prop uh, to have, and he's a great scrummager and he's you know, a pretty good leader around the park, I think, but he was the catalyst for that late Geordie Barrett try. He isn't expected to catch a, a wing or fullback, but he was in the position to make a tackle and just a, a pretty, I think, a pretty lazy attempt to get him down. I know legs are tired and all that, but he... He did let in a pretty easy try. And I think because Slipper has cemented himself as the starting loose head, it is a good idea to look to the future. The series is lost. Let's get Angus Bell in there, who people are already saying is a 100-cap Wallaby in the making. You know, he's already lit the world on fire with his Super Rugby year form. He's got awesome attacking stats. He can run the ball, he can offload. Uh, he gets more line breaks than a lot of the Waratahs wingers. But whether he can scrum into that level, um, yeah, yeah, be seen. So getting the chance to go up against... I guess uh, Hodgman and Lomax. That's a pretty good induction to the test arena. You're not going up against you know Kitschloff and Malherbe, so I think he can hopefully match them. You know, ha- have a good tussle with them. But I'm keen to see his inclusion. I was happy with that. The one that bothers me though is number twenty. Um, so far we've had Valentini, Wright, McRight, and now we're back to Liam Wright in the number twenty jersey. Uh, it's a lot of ro- uh, rotation four game same as number six we just can't settle on our best back row and I posted the question on Twitter and got a few um I guess good snaps is we've got so many good back row players but we don't have a good back row combination we just haven't settled on what a good six seven eight is that complements each other Hooper's locked in because of his captaincy because of his work rate he's not a great uh, pilferer um in comparison to maybe an underhill a curry obviously what Pocock was um, or even a Sam Kane, but you can't drop him really. And then Wilson's really cemented himself as the best number eight. So just trying to find that six and 20. Minutes. I don't think Liam Wright's an impact player for the bench. I think you can start him or you don't put him in your 23. He's safe, but he's not going to be coming on to win the matches we saw with Bloods are 2. He had a few good runs, but he's not a big body. He's not going to be threatening the defense. He might steal a few balls at the end. So I'd be starting him, if anything. Um, What are your takes on Wright and Bell coming
1: in? Uh, I think Bell, good long-term option. Uh, As a Tars fan, I still think Harry Johnson-Holmes is probably just a class above at the moment in terms of scrummaging prowess. Bell got folded a couple of times in scrummaging. He got a yellow card because he just gave away too many scrum penalties. like I think it was three consecutively on the five metre line. So um, there are some issues there and you can't really be a test prop if you can't scrummage at super level. So um, I think he's definitely a very good player, very bit around the park, will be a great wallaby. But Harry johnson Hines, I think he's been quite deserving of a nod. He's He's got his debut last year. He sort of, Tom Robertson was the, the reserve Wallaby prop, and then Johnson Holmes took over him. Uh, now he's been shifted to tight head. Now Bell's taken over him. So yeah. I think um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the Waratahs play it next year. It looks like Harry Johnson Holmes will now stay tight head, and I, I guess Harry Johnson Holmes is that person at the moment that would be the the fifth fifth prop in a World Cup squad because he can play both sides. But um, yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to see Bell in terms of. Right. I mean, I think he's a great player. I just don't know the combination yet. Um, and I don't think he's been given the crack that he needs yet to really um, have an impact on a game. Like Liam, Liam, right? He's an 80 minute player. If you put him on for 15 minutes at the end of a game, that's not showing uh, his full worth to the team. So I'd definitely be keen, um, given it has been a revolving door at six and a revolving door at 20, I'd be very keen to see him get a start. I think he's very worthy of a start. Um, and every, then literally, it, sounds, so it sort of sounds like you're handing out starts, but then if you give irani Samu, Wright, Valentini, Swinton, Hannigan a start, then you're going to start to... I mean, they're, they're all going to get game time. They've all got varying levels of game time yeah. so far. Um, you're going to have to figure out the combo. That the, the, There's no doubt that there's stock there. It's just how do we keep them all... When they're just rotating around like it's nothing, and there's we got your your stalwart stalwart of Hooper, how's he going to develop any combinations um, yeah. with the players around him? And he's he's definitely like he's matched Sam Kane in turnovers for Blederslows this year: two in the second, two in the first, and then one on the weekend each. So um, I think he's he's getting a little bit more involved there. Um, but with Dalgunu being our second best pilferer. Uh, we probably could do with some added breakdown pressure.
0: We probably need to go into more detail with the All Blacks at some point. Uh, It probably won't happen this morning, but we can dive into them a little bit later because I do want to discuss them. You know, it is a two-horse race and they're doing a good job of, um, you know, giving us more than enough competition. You know, they're still proving that they're the premier team in world rugby. Uh, Just to wrap things up, this is a question that I've sort of been playing with because not that I think it's overly likely, but if we get a win this weekend, a lot of fans would have taken a win and a draw and two losses out of this full match series. So I guess what I'm wondering is um, if we do win this weekend, would you call this blood Eye cup series a success? Or do you think just based off those two losses, it's, it's too far gone. You know, we, we can't call this was Eye series a success because we didn't get the cup back and uh, it, it Just the quality of the game time between Blizzard 2-3 and three wasn't good.
1: Uh, I think you probably couldn't call it a success if we don't win it and if we have our biggest ever losing margin against the All Blacks. Mm. If we win this weekend, uh, and this is one of the things where you sort of hope that there's a, a documentary going on in the background and this is the biggest ever loss against the All Blacks and it's all building to 2023 World Cup where we lift the trophy at the end and it's this perfectly documented thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can call it a success if we win. I think you can, be ha- you can tolerate it if we get a win and a draw. I think that's definitely more than what people expected. I mean, it, it's, and I, I made the point to you earlier this week, it is, it is not acceptable as a Wallabies team and as a Wallabies fan that New Zealand put more points on us than England put on Italy, and that's the stark yeah. reality of it. That yeah. England England beat New Zealand twelve months ago, pretty much to the date, um, by by some margin. I think if the two verse together, New Zealand would win, um, but we got put. We are in essentially in the same category as Italy based on that performance on the weekend, yeah. which, which is, is never unacceptable. a
0: position, Never a position the Wallabies should be in. Um, it. It's impossible now to argue us as one of the top three teams. It used to be a really nice heated discussion. You'd have New Zealand up there, but it was a bit of a revolving door between us, England and South Africa. And unfortunately, just so far down the ranks now that a win this weekend can't fix that, but it's, you know, would salvage his steps. But Rennie does have a long way to go to get um, basically the respect that the Wallabies back up there and hopefully, you know, get that feeling, that aura of, oh, I want to go and support the Wallabies. Because Australians love winners. And at the moment, there's so many other sports to follow. You're not going to follow the world of business unless we do start winning a few matches. Uh, So I I do agree. It's going to be hard to call this a a series a success. But nonetheless, I'm going to be headed to Suncorp to watch the game. I am keen to see um, them live, keen to see how it looks in person. And just, you know, if we can can get that elusive win, um, that would be a huge boost for this young side. It's not what I'm tipping, but it'd be a huge boost of confidence for this young side because there's a lot of guys in there that, before this series, hadn't lost the All Blacks, um, so they came in with confidence. They've now lost twice. Uh, time to earn back a bit of that respect.
1: Anyway, definitely uh,
0: wrap us up there. Thanks very much for joining me again. Um, glad we can do this despite the long distance nature of it. Um, we find that a few hours in the morning that works. Um, I'll post the socials probably at the end of this, but um, always nice chatting to you.
1: Yep. Thanks again for having me and uh, go to Rugby Fixation. Enjoy the game on Saturday. I'm sure it'll be great.
0: Will do. See you, mate. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rugby Fixation. You can find us on Twitter, at Rugby Fixation, where we post a lot of extra discussion points and snippets of news and opinion throughout the week. If you're using Apple, please subscribe, rate and review to help spread the podcast around. And if you're using Spotify, make sure to click follow so you don't miss out on another episode. Thanks.